Ashlyn. Just a really quick forward to this. Um, this is the longest episode we have done by far. And unsurprisingly, it's because we're talking about ourselves. <laughs> Who doesn't like talking about that? But anyway, um, we're talking about uh, the Enneagram and personality types today. It's super fascinating to us. So it turned out to be super long. So we won't be offended if you want to stop it short or whatever. At the end, similar to with our little Neopets Easter egg, there is a little Easter egg for you at the very end if you want to skip ahead to that. But otherwise, enjoy. Day 10 is upon us. Here we are. Day 10 of the quarantine and the one week anniversary of my surgery. Feeling pretty good. Welcome to Smells Like Quarantine Spirit, the podcast where I, Ashlyn Romagnoli, am honestly a little smelly these days. No, you know, you smell good. I mean, I feel like our regular hygiene routines have lapsed a little bit, and frankly, that's got to change because we are in close quarters all the time like, these days. Literally in a four-foot box. We're right literally now. in what used to be a closet that is now Adam's studio. So, sorry, baby. Well, yeah. Up the at the personal hygiene. I like it. Like the like yesterday last episode was about personal Fair grooming. Are good. I know, I need Fair to months are well, delicious. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, and so today we're actually going to start a little mini series within the podcast about this. Um not about personal hygiene. We did that. <laughs> um but about relationships. Um we've been hearing a lot and reading a lot and seeing a lot of stuff on the internet about relationships. So ranging from jokes about people getting post-covid divorces like in China, uh, relationships, I mean, is anywhere post-COVID right now, though? No. Anyway, relationships being tested to their limits. And, of course, our single friends who are pissed off at all of the uncoupled people for complaining because they are often doing this stuff solo, which is just as tough, if not more tough, than spending all of your time with one other person. That's true. So Adam and I have what I'd like to think of as a pretty strong relationship. Would I would agree. Yeah, that makes two of us. <laughs> I hope so, since yeah. we both have ring, rings about it. <laughs> in fact, you don't even have to take our word for it. We asked our friend, who came over in a very socially distant, responsible way today with many, many, many... Um, hand wipes. Hand wipes. Ten foot separation. <laughs> ten foot separation and all that. But anyway, we asked her to record something. Hey, this is Bethany. I am a friend of Adam and Ashlyn's, and... Um, I have been one of the lucky humans to witness the development of their relationship. And what I would say about the way that these two humans have come together is that they're very different from each other, but I believe that they've done a lot of work toward finding common ground. And the way that they have come together has truly been such a beautiful thing to witness. It's something that feels really rare in our time and in our culture. Obviously, Bethany is biased because she's our friend, but I think the takeaway for this is that, well, we aren't the worst people you can take advice from. I mean, we're not the best. Please look up Esther Perel, Dan Savage, Cheryl Strayed for the best possible advice you could have on relationships. They are like my triad <laughs> go-to of learning everything that you need to know about being in a healthy and happy relationship. But I'm gonna say we're not the worst. No. I don't think we're the worst. So, a little background for all of you, if you don't know this already. Uh, we've been together for 14 months now, exactly, and have been engaged for two months, exactly. As of today. As of today. It is our month anniversary. 
which we traditionally celebrate by getting super dressed up and going to a dive bar for burgers. But today, uh, we did the same thing, but on our porch with pickup burgers from Rosie's Twin Kegs. Support your local businesses when you can, guys. That's right. Yeah. So we've always liked spending a lot of time together from day one. But we are both extremely independent people as well. Yeah. And we're both especially formed to empower each other and especially formed to drive each other totally up the wall. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Adam's mom, uh, my soon-to-be mother-in-law, hello, Janine, um, asked us a few weeks ago if we ever fight. Uh, I was a bit taken aback and astonished by the question, to be honest, because, like, yeah. Yeah, we fight. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and they can be doozies, though totally not like any other fighting I've done with other partners Um, And like I've said before, it's because it's like we are perfectly formulated to enable both each other's worst behaviors and best behaviors if we're not careful. Um, Because Adam and I are extremely different people, which is both a wonderful, wonderful thing and difficult for us to understand each other sometimes. And part of our specific blend of being uh, similar enough, but also very, very different without spoiling too much of the mystery of who we are and how we are. One of the things we do both do is go into full-on despair mode when we do fight. So we don't fight a lot. But when we do, it's like it like becomes the end of the world when we are not in sync. And the funny thing is is that this manifests really differently between the two of us. It's the same thing, but it manifests differently. Because Adam has a bit more of a, shall we say, flair for the dramatic in the traditional Mm -hmm. sense. Is that fair? Yeah. I'm an actor. You're an actor. Both on and off the stage. In and out of the booth. (laughs) Um, whereas I'm a little bit more of a gritty, well, this is it. Time to adjust to the new apocalyptic reality. Like, you know that comic that has the dog in it where the house is on fire and the dog is just sitting on a chair and he just says, this is fine. I am that dog. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Either way. I mean, do you think that's fair? I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say what's common among us is that we both withdraw when we feel disconnection, we withdraw into our in sort of isolation. And for me, that that's a very like sad, despairing place. And for you, I think it's just a yeah, you know, like you say, a sort of gritty, just. Uh, <laughs> this is the way it is. This is, is the now. way it is now. Yeah, I'll just yeah. go over here and die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> sort of a dismissive, sort of just yeah, accepting it and coming to terms. I with shall it go west thing. and build a cabin mm-hmm. and live alone forever and live with and my And I will be okay with yeah. that forever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Either way, either one of these ways, it is super emotional and super traumatizing for both of us. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's just, I mean, we love each other. We're spending a lot of time together, but, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have our moments. So, we do. But one thing that we do have in common is that we are both huge nerds. Huge mm-hmm. nerds. And we love to study and learn things to absolute death. We're both <laughs> wearing our, like, geeky horn room glasses right this moment. Yes, we... We have a lot of matching glasses. Yeah, we I do. Just <laughs> <laughs> I hate matching things. <laughs> and yet, here we are. Um, so one of the things, um, one of the many, many, many piles of books that we have in the house, as we've discussed many times before with you, are books about relationships. Um, books like All About Love by Bell Hooks, uh, The New Rules of Marriage by Terrence Reel, and hell, Adam professionally narrated a book called Can Love Last by Stephen A. Mitchell just a few weeks back. Can really t- good one. Can really you good. tell us? Does it? Can Should, it? What, what can I tell you? Just give us the, like, the can synopsis? it last? Yes? Yes, no, it, no, it just can. Yes or no. It can. It oh, can cool. indeed. Oh, cool. Guys, it yeah. can. It All takes right, some we work. We can wrap this up. 
No, no, no. All I, it can, we're done. <laughs> um, but actually, though, the reason I stop him is that um, we're not going to talk about all of these things right now, um, all of these books. Um, we're going to talk about those in a later episode of our Relationships mini-arc, which may or may not be the next episode. I'm not sure yet. We'll see. Depends on how the mood yeah, strikes. See how it flows. Because we love those books, but one of the things that Adam and I, I think, would unequivocally agree on, no matter what, is that before you can have a healthy relationship with another person, you have to have a healthy relationship with yourself. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, good. Absolutely. I got yes. It. No, you were right. You were right. As usual. <laughs> and to have a healthy relationship with yourself, you have to know yourself. And so you have to create an honest self-dialogue with yourself, totally, fully transparent. You are the only person that you can be fully transparent with all the time, mm-hmm. so why not take advantage of that and do it? Most definitely. So I've always been kind of into this. I mean, I don't know about you, Adam, but another thing I did a lot of in middle school besides Neopets, side note on Neopets, (laughs) (laughs) I know we talk about this a lot on this podcast, but I Googled it and like learned that there was a big scandal not that long ago with like Neopets, with Neopets, like basically overnight, all of their moderation systems went down. So then like people were like flooding the message boards with like porn and like weird no. stuff. Yeah, no, I know. That Super weird. Belong okay. Neopets. Anyway, it's just not. It's not the kind oh, of place. Oh, then there's someone who was like, "What if we're the Neopets?" And like, "What if we are the Neopets?" That's that's a valid question. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm gonna we're gonna think about that later. We, we might be. Um, but anyway, besides Neopets in middle school, I took a fuck ton of early online personality tests mm-hmm. like endless amounts on sites like i think like allure.com okay. way back in the day for like teen girls it was a lot of like what will your sex style be in future tense because we were all like 11 and barely knew what a penis was and the mm-hmm. answers were or vagina um and the answers were always super vague but like really gratifying or a lot of like <laughs> how to tell if he likes you which was like a much more complicated question back in the day because now it's just like i don't know ask him uh, <laughs> but Personality tests have come a really long way since then, and pretty much everyone who had a high school or college career counselor or a super invested boss, because I think a lot of workplaces do this, Mm. have probably, you've probably taken your Myers-Briggs. Yeah. Personally, I never liked the Myers-Briggs very much. With a lot of these tests, I tend to test right dab in the middle, like right between right brain and left brain, between introvert and extrovert. Though, like, if you really want to know, I'm supposedly an ENFP, though, again, I was 56% E. I spent a lot of time alone. Uh, And feeling and prospecting were a 65% and 51% respectively. And, like, what's prospecting anyway? I feel like I'd be much better at finding gold in 1848 than 51%. Thank you very much. You like that one? I like that. Yeah. Little prospecting Mm -hmm. joke. Intuitive and assertive were actually much higher, like, I think in, like, the 80s. And that, that, that feels right for me. But anyway, I had to actually look up my results in my email because I never remember my letters. That is how little the Myers-Briggs means to me. Mm-hmm. Curious your take. Uh, and tell the people well, what you are. I, you know, I've always I've tested as, a, as both an INFP and an ENFP. So mm. I, too, am borderline on the introvert-extrovert. And I, I identify as an ambivert. ambivert. Um, I need my time alone. I need my time with people. Like, I recharge in both settings yeah. kind of equally. And yeah, I, I, I flip like back and forth. you know. I know a couple people who are really solidly on one mm-hmm. side or the other, but most people are not kind yeah, of in the middle. So yeah. I'm just going to say I never really liked the Myers-Briggs. It did not feel functional and useful it's, to it's me. A, it's a rough measure. It's it's kind of a crude tool. <sighs> yeah, crude tool. Yeah. We've moved past clubs. We've moved past <laughs> sticks and stones. Absolutely. Um, so that brings me to our subject today. Mm-hmm. 
because there are two things in this arena that have come into my awareness over the last year that have blown my mind. This arena being the getting to know yourself arena, right? The getting to know yourself right. arena, yeah. which is an interesting arena for yourself. me because I'm one of those people who has always had a very strong sense of self mm. and I'm really honest with myself for better or for worse. But it's anyone, everyone can benefit from mapping themselves and learning mm -hmm. more about themselves. And, mm -hmm. and who doesn't love doing that? That's right. We all love ourselves. For we sure. love learning about ourselves. We love talking about ourselves. I do. We oh, do yeah. it oh, every yeah. day now. Love it. <laughs> Making subject. you people listen to it. Um, but <laughs> of these two things, so one is controversial opinion for some, astrology, which we are not going to talk about today, but we probably will sometime. And let me just tell y'all, I am Queen Skeptic of Logicland, who, because she has always desperately, secretly, in her little nerd self wanted magic to exist, rejects anything that feels remotely like it, including religion, because it's way more disappointing to have like a lame-o version of something that you pretend is true despite not having any real reason to believe in it. Yeah, yeah I, I get that, yeah. And like, like I said, honesty, truthfulness, like those are probably my main core values paired very closely with integrity. So I am like the first person to be like, eh, why do you think this is real? <laughs> is that accurate? I'd say that's, yeah, no, yeah, that's for reals. <laughs> so Adam, though, is my mystical Sherpa oh, yeah. into more, shall we call them, esoteric fields. Totally but do. guys, like I have seen and experienced some pretty fucked up shit this year in a good way. So suffice to say for now, <laughs> I've expanded my thought process and my horizons and mostly land on the fact that I do still assume that there are actual scientific, logical ways to describe the behaviors of all things in existence, mm -hmm. but we're not there yet. As a culture, as a species, we are not there yet, and some as yet unexplained shit happens. It do. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on from astrology for now, today we're going to talk about the Enneagram which is the only personality test I have encountered that actually feels extremely resonant, except which Sex in the City character you are, obviously. So let's begin with a little bit of history. Mm -hmm. George Ivanovich uh, Gurdjieff. 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 Gurdjieff mm -hmm. um, was a mystic, philosopher, spiritual teacher, and I learned tonight he was a composer. We listened to some of his mm -hmm. pieces. They were lovely. Lovely. Um, and I'm going to let Adam read just like a little summary from his Wikipedia about what his deal was. So Gurdjieff taught that most humans do not possess a unified consciousness and thus live their lives in a state of hypnotic waking sleep, but that it is possible to awaken to a higher state of consciousness and achieve full human potential. Gurdjieff described a method attempting to do so, calling the discipline the work, connoting work on oneself or the system. According to his principles and instructions, Gurdjieff's method for awakening one's consciousness unites the methods of the fakir, monk, and yogi, and thus he referred to it as the fourth way. Okay, so, and I, I should mention he was in the in the early 1900s. I think he died in the 1940s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like late. That. It was, yeah, late 1800s. Oh, or, sorry. Uh, late, he was yeah, born, 1800s. I think, in 1872. That I read there was right. like all this controversy around when he was actually born. Yeah. So like that era, um, which is a really fascinating era in yeah. time, as you know, yeah. I'm obsessed with it's that period of time. Shift, yeah, yeah, people were like super into spiritualism and religion, all kinds of things. Um, but what's important to take away from this is that he was the person who kind of brought Enneagram into popular consciousness popular consciousness yeah. him modern. and his students right 
And so the methods to enlightenment that he described, um, the fakir, the monk, and the yogi, he did describe as being um, acquired, respectively, through pain, devotion, and study. But because you could draw these very specific lines, he thought that they were too single-focused to be fully effective and would ultimately lead you to stagnation. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't really fully actualize as a person if you picked one of these paths because it would take you down one path too far and yeah. neglect some other paths. Yeah, it's an imbalanced path. Yeah. Adam knows right. more about this than me, so I'm like looking at him to, <laughs> to val- validate my pedestrian understanding. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's not an uncommon notion even within the Eastern religions that there are these different paths. Um, I'm going to butcher this, but, you know, within uh, within the yogic tradition, there is the way of jnana, which is the way of knowledge. There's a way of bhakti, which is the way of devotion. Uh, and then there's the way of the other one. <laughs> And ladies Which, and gentlemen, yeah. let me say, like, I write these and Adam knows what the subject is going to be, but he doesn't do any prep for this. No, so I just come amazing. in and bullshit with you guys. No, that was not bullshit. <laughs> that was super helpful and informative and very appreciated. Um, so, so this it's guy off the cuff. Is, it's off the cuff. Totally off the cuff. This is all just his sweet little brain working for us. Because <laughs> um, I'm lazy. No, you're not lazy. <laughs> not all the time. Mm-mm. So... Gurdjieff, 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 God. Uh, I need to just see it written in Cyrillic, and then I'll always pronounce it right. Written in our letters is very Mm -hmm. hard for me to pronounce. But anyway, he didn't, like, create the Enneagram the way we use it today, Um, but but he started the the whole movement, and he inspired a couple of other people who were a little more responsible for synthesizing how we use and understand it at this point in time. I mean, there were way more than just a couple, um, but two in particular caught my eye. Um, Oscar uh, Ichizo. Ichizo? Oscar yeah, Ichizo. Yeah, Oscar Ichazo. Ichazo, probably. And Claudio Naranjo, mm-hmm. which means orange. Yeah. <laughs> um, though I should be really clear. I'm just going to call him Oscar. Oscar said he was not derivative of Gert. <laughs> I just spelled it completely. <laughs> Guys, I wrote it out in like, <laughs> I just jammed my hands on the yeah, keyboard. I didn't yeah. even spell it right, so I'm going to go. Gurdjieff. <laughs> he said he was not derivative of, let's call him George, not derivative of George. So, I mean, who knows? We can take that with a grain of salt. Um, but what you need to know about Oscar is that he worked on the nine ways, there are nine different ways, according to him, in which a person develops an ego fixation in their youth, which becomes the core piece of their personality. So each one of these nine ways has certain passions and certain vices attributed to it. So each type also has certain levels of intensity, but most importantly, these nine types are interconnected and related, which is then visualized in the Enneagram figure, which you should Google if you haven't seen it. It's a cool-looking little figure. Mm -hmm. Um, Make a great tattoo. I've seen it. I've seen people with that tattoo. You know, people are really into it. And the reason people would get that full tattoo is because every single person has elements of every personality type within them, Mm -hmm. but you have a prevailing type. And the way that that type relates to the others helps you to know how you can be the healthiest version of you and the unhealthiest version of you. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're working with here. And that's why I like it. It it acknowledges that there are all of these different elements that we all have pieces of. But there are things that for me would be really unhealthy behavior. Right. But for you would be really, really good behavior. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that more a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, in an important and sad side note, um, Oscar passed away yesterday. Wow. Like March 26th, 2020. So RIP, Oscar. Thank you for your work. Yeah, good work, man. So the other guy I mentioned earlier was Claudio Naranjo, mm-hmm. who I actually didn't learn a huge amount about, but 
I wanted to call him out because I discovered that in addition to his work on the Enneagram, he wrote a book called The End of Patriarchy, which caught my eye. But it's described like this, Adam. Okay. Pioneer transpersonal psychologist Claudio Naranjo challenges the basis of the patriarchal order and illuminates how it has affected our world and our lives. With unique insight, Dr. Naranjo moves the reader toward a fuller way of being that integrates the paternal, maternal, and childlike aspects of the person and of society. These essays emphasize innovative, emotional, rather than intellectual elements of human transformation. Okay. This is totally for me. I know! I need this book. I know! And it sounds like it would dovetail. <laughs> That's when, like, earlier I was like, ah! And you were like, what? And I was like, I'll tell you later on the podcast. Because <laughs> it sounds like it would dovetail really nicely with my biggest academic crush, Rianne Eisler, who's mm. the author of... Uh, both The Chalice and the Blade and The Real Wealth of Nations. Spoiler alert, it is not labor or money. It is Soylent Green. That is right. It is people, The Real Wealth of Nations. So we are ordering this book immediately. Sounds awesome. Has literally nothing to do with our podcast right now, but it just, it was cool. It's cool. Okay. So I have now, like, we've come to the end of the script Mm -hmm. that I wrote for this podcast. We're we're going to freestyle, which means we're just going to spend way more time this is new territory Editing for us. This it is. So, let's hit pause and refill our drinks. <laughs> okay. Okay, we're back again. We're back. Fresh and it is still hot up in fresh. here. It is hot in this little booth, guys. We got some chili drinks, and so we're gonna talk to you a little bit about our experiences of the Enneagram, the Enneagram test that we each took, and our personal journeys to figure out are what we are and um and how that relates mm-hmm. to each other and, and mm-hmm. how we work on that together and we're not in inviting you to join our cult frankly no. you guys are not invited no our cult is a cult of two with two cats yes two cats but yeah they were forced into our cult that was not optional they, for them yeah, they, they might they're not the free cult. to leave they're not free to leave no no <laughs> no, we, no we don't even and no one else is invited yeah near the door um okay so <laughs> i think so we have two books uh, about the Enneagram that I think we would rec- I would highly I recommend one and I would really recommend the other yeah. although we haven't We're dug just into dipping into the second one but, but the it's first already one, a lot of promise. The first one is called The Wisdom of the Enneagram The Complete Guide to Psychological and Spiritual Growth from the Nine Personality Types Don't let the spiritual thing frighten you It's not really in one no, particular it's direction not, It's not very woo-woo Just think of all. it as like a different dimension to understanding yourself or the, Physical yeah, Transpersonal Psychological, spiritual, whatever yeah, yeah. Um, But it's by uh, Don Richard Riso. And Russ Hudson. And then the other one that we just got is called the Enneagram Relationships and Intimacy. Understanding one another leads to loving better and living more fully. Mm-hmm. And it is by David Daniels and Suzanne Dion. Mm-hmm. Who definitely, that name just yeah. evokes. Yeah. Like, I, I will listen to Suzanne your Dion. relationships. Ooh, and with a four again. by Daniel Siegel, who oh, I'm yeah. a big fan of. Oh. This, this is actually what really He's an MD. My eye. I see that. There are he two an MDs. MD. On he wrote this. a book called Awareness, and he has created this whole map of, of you know, how awareness operates. And But they're using it in clinical settings, and it's like the first sort of clinical model for uh, using mindfulness and awareness practices oh, that's in, in a awesome. really rational okay. way. So Love that. Yeah. Again, cool. queen skeptic of logic land or queen logic of skeptic land, whatever <laughs> we landed on for me. Um, I love when we take ideas like this, mindfulness, awareness, and bring them into clinical studies yeah. so that we can learn more about them. It's a good and, thing. And prove that they are valuable because I know that they are. We know that they are. We just need to prove that they are so that everyone will accept them and, and do that. Yes. Okay. So... Let's just do a quick overview of the nine types, um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about 
uh, a couple of key things to keep in mind with these types and as you're learning about them. And then we're going to tell you about our types mm-hmm. and end with a little bit about um, how those two types interact, what that means for us mm-hmm. as a couple and give you some, some more advice. Yep. Okay. So nine types. Type one, the reformer, the principled idealistic type. Type two, the helper, the caring interpersonal type. Type three, the achiever, the adaptable success-oriented type. Type four, the individualist, the romantic introspective type. Type five, the investigator, the intense cerebral type. Type six, the loyalist, the committed security-oriented type. Type seven, the enthusiast, the busy productive type. Type eight, the challenger, the powerful dominating type. Type nine, the peacemaker, the easygoing self-effacing type. So I think what we're going to do before we launch into these is just a couple caveats about as you learn about these types and as you start to identify yourself with one, just just some really important things to keep in mind from these authors. So uh, here here's one for you. So while everyone has a certain mix of types in their overall personality, one particular pattern or style is our home base, and we return to it over and over. Our basic type stays the same throughout life. While people change and develop in numerous ways, they do not change from one basic personality type to another. And also keep in mind, no matter what type you are, you have all nine types in you to some degree. So I think what's important to take away from that is, again, like you have a base type. You have types that act as anchors for you, types to strive to be more like, types to strive to not be more like. Mm-hmm. But you're always going to have this core. But but you're you. You're you. at your, your fundamental core you are you, you are a unique, specific person, hmm. and that's important to keep in mind, is that growth is just that. It is stretching and growing towards, but it is not necessarily leaving behind. So if you are a particular type, you're not just going to magically become a different type. A little bit more on that in a little bit. Right. Um, the other really interesting thing, I think, to think about in this is just about how certain types exhibit traits that our society ascribes to one gender or another. And that this is problematic for so, so many reasons. But um, here's what they have to say about that. So the descriptions of the personality types are universal and apply equally to males and females. Of course, males and females will express the same attitudes, traits, and tendencies somewhat differently. But the basic issues of the type remain the same. So I think Adam and I have a really unique perspective on this, partly because... Adam is type in every other measure, like horoscope, just everything. Mm. Is His personality exhibits a lot of traits that our society deems traditionally feminine. Mm-hmm. And for me, my Enneagram type, as well as every other marker of this, um, shows that I exhibit traits that society deems masculine. And, you know, I think for both of us, this has caused some, some issues in our past. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was that little girl who... You know, I I'd tell a joke in class and no one would think it was funny. And then like a boy would say it and all of a sudden it's the fucking funniest thing in the world. Like, you know what I'm saying, ladies? Um, or I was told I was too intense. I was mm-hmm. too opinionated. I had too much to say. I said it too well. And that wasn't okay. It wasn't acceptable. I was a bitch. <laughs> mm. And Adam. I was too feeling, too sensitive. I, you know, cried in <laughs> TV shows and movies. Still like, does. Very young, still yeah. does all, still do. all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, I was drawing and daydreaming in the back of class and like. 
fantasizing about my future love and partner like when I was like yeah, eight. We like to joke that like <laughs> by the time Adam was three years old, he'd been looking for his true love for two years and he was already over that shit. Yeah. <laughs> totally. totally. Um, where is she already? Whereas my dream as a child, I literally was like, I'm going to grow up to be a workaholic and then maybe think about settling down when I'm 30, which at the time felt like ancient. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so this is to say that like we have a lot of very personal direct experience with when you exhibit traits that society is like, that's not supposed to be yours. And that's really fucked up and it's not fair and it's not a cool way for society to be or for us to be. And frankly, although, you know, women have had it really fucking rough for a long time. Don't get me started. At the same time, we have models for exhibiting masculine traits in a positive way. So our society supports these masculine traits of mm. of being confrontational and aggressive and standing up for yourself. So, you know, I have the Spice Girls. I had Xena. Mm. Still do. Mm-hmm. I have Wonder Woman. I have so many wonderful models of what it looks like to be a woman and still be a woman, but be in a masculine role yeah. or a traditionally masculine role. It, Whereas, it, with the exception of Fred Rogers and now the uh, uh, the queer eye fellas, yes. like there aren't any really great prominent role There's models for, for men who are you know heart centered and emotionally in tuned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if especially you're not, for straight men. If you're yeah. not like I think gay men get a lot. Although they then that that is a, a negative stereotype for them too, is that they're right. expected to be emotional yeah. and dramatic. And yeah, not all gay men these are. Things, <laughs> yes, exactly. So these things do not serve us. Just leave them behind. Like, society is important. It shapes us. It affects our viewpoint. It affects the way we work within the world. But when you're getting to know yourself, just get to know yourself. Um, try not to worry about what other people think about you because fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. Okay. So, <laughs> so why don't we then go ahead and just talk a little bit about our individual types. And, okay. Well, first of all, tell the people your type. Okay. So I have landed at type four. Oh, speaking of landed. Yeah. We should say. Yeah. Take the test by all means. Google yep. it online, take the test. But that doesn't have to be who you are. Right. Again, honesty is the most important thing here. So, spend time with all of these types. Read them, learn about them, mm-hmm. and see what's actually true to you yep. and who you are and figure it out because as we'll talk about with Adam's typing, right. You don't always test right, or you might be pushing your test in a certain yeah. direction you think might be a little That's bit right. better for yeah. you. And, and yeah, the, the tendencies of your personality type may actually cause you to mistype. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, who are you? Bum. So, Drum, I am a personality type four, the individualist. The individualist. The sensitive, withdrawn type. Mm. So, uh, we are expressive, dramatic, self absorbed, and temperamental. Okay, so my first TV crush was Angel from Buffy, oh which gosh. you have not seen, no, but I'm not. definitely going to make you watch all yep. because it's the best show. Yep. But he was totally a four. This explains a lot. He's okay. totally a four. <laughs> so, out, as a four, my basic fear is of having no identity, no personal significance. My basic desire is to find themselves and their significance, to create an identity out of their inner experience. And then the super ego message of the four is, you are good or okay if you are true to yourself. So that's kind of our motto. So why don't you tell people how you landed on your fourness? So on my fourness, um, so I took the test years ago, and, and I, I, you know, I learned about the Enneagram. Um, Adam's and, been into this stuff for forever. Yeah, and I learned about 
G.I. Total Gurdjieff, uh, Gurdjieff um, back when I was like, yeah, in my early, early 20s, probably 21. Um, so I've been sitting with this stuff for almost two decades to some degree. And um, early on, I took the test and I typed as a seven. The seven is what's known as the enthusiast. And the enthusiasts like to try out lots of different stuff. They're super optimistic, super energetic. Which made sense to me. When we met and we were talking about our types and yeah. Adam hadn't fully I hadn't landed. fully landed. Yeah, because yeah, he I, knew this, but it was like, is it real? Right, right. And, yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I learned about sense. this early on and then I didn't look at this for years and years. But um, but anyways, I came back to the Enneagram because it's, it's become sort of popular within certain circles in the last few years, thanks to Richard Rohr, as I understand it, kind of brought it back to the fore, um, especially here in the South. Um, and uh, anyway, so I kind of revisited this and read some more about it. And um, and and when I read the uh, description of the four wing three, I realized that, you know, that uh, those features of the four wing three, the individualist, that's that's looking for that, that's, you know, meaning from their inner life, will often do things that are seven-like to get there. But our motivations are different. You know, we do this out of a uh, feel of, of emptiness and um, and sort of lack of meaning, whereas a seven does this to, to hide up like a, to cover up a basic anxiety. Um, it's more sort yeah, of- Yeah, it's because who it's, they are. It's more fear-based than sadness-based. Like the, the fours are, are <laughs> you know, we, we are motivated by this inner melancholy and this inner lack and longing. Um, whereas sevens are just fear, you know, they're afraid to uh, to face their fears, and so they cover it up with all this activity and energetic yeah, sort of kinetic busyness, know you know. Yeah. And so Adam mentioned something um, that we should touch on briefly, which is that you know each type also can kind of subdivide into what's called wings. Mm-hmm. So you know it makes sense that the the wings are the the numbers that are directly adjacent to your number. So like for example, a two can have a wing one or a wing three. And basically, those are flavors mm-hmm. of the two. Because again, this is yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's important. So you know, so Adam's wing kind of gives you a little bit more. It's called the aristocrat, mm-hmm. and it gives you um, what was it? It was like a little bit more. Well, it's more, it's more extroversion, more ambition. Right, so, more, so it's more ambition focused yeah. versus the other wing, yeah. which is more. It's more about systematic thinking and sort of yeah. Uh, calculating right. and because the other thinking, side that's yeah. that's not adam is leaning towards a five and mm-hmm. fives are the ones that are like very logical they're like mm-hmm. cyborgs basically <laughs> what, what were they called no offense to fives fives are the five is the investigator ah, so the they, investigator. yeah i right. mean there are scientists there are you know logicians yeah. there are you know theoretical physicists are probably right. fives and you know so anyway those are just different different little flavors of yeah that. So, yeah, so my, my fourness, you know, I'm this individualist with, with a leaning toward the outside world, like, you know, which my my profession is not that surprising. Like, I, I'm an actor who spends a lot of time by myself as an individualist, but, you know, I do work in this way that uh, garners some external attention and, you know, is broadcast to the public. So I feel pretty comfortable in this role as a voice actor, uh, as a four-wing three. All right. So again, I think so you can kind of. Who are you? Who am I? Who am Take I? Take off your mask, Ashlyn. Oh, I never had a mask, and the reason <laughs> for that is it's that you're I a... am a number eight, the challenger. Ching ching. The challenger. Yes, that is my. Win 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 win. The powerful, dominating type. We are self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. Yay! Like yeah. I said, kind of uh, 
I feel like eights are the most gruffly described and yeah, kind of yeah. most maligned. Maligned and misunderstood. Which I totally get since apparently Donald Trump is an eight. Fuck that noise. But again, there are levels of health within there this. There are, yes. Yes. Um, there are ways to be and not be. As ways to be and not be. So, um, basic fear. Basic fear is of being harmed or controlled by others, of violation. Our basic desire to protect themselves, to determine their own course in life. And the superego message is you are good or okay if you are strong and in control of your situation. Mm-hmm. So eight with a seven wing, uh, called here the independent, although I've read it as the maverick mm-hmm. as well, um, just tend to be really kind of charismatic and action-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to impact the world, and they challenge others to stretch their abilities and surpass their right. own expectations. Well, and, and I find that it softens you in a way that, like... We can get along, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, a lot of people don't like eights. We're we're blunt. Yeah. We're blunt people. We're direct. Yeah. I mean, I was raised in Germany, so I always thought that's where it came from. But mm. And I'm sure that helped. <laughs> I'm sure it, it, it helped that. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely can be a challenging type. And like we were saying, you know, each type has a North Star. It mm. has a type that you're supposed to be um, integrating toward. towards, mm-hmm. they call it. And so what's interesting for Adam and I is that for me, my area of integration is towards a two, which yeah. is the helper. And it's it's an, a path of empathy and mm. vulnerability yeah. um, that, frankly, fascinatingly, before we even got into this, I did a lot of work with my own personal therapist about vulnerability and about yeah. learning how to be a more open and vulnerable person and what that actually means, because there's a huge difference between being open and being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That was like my big takeaway from 20, yeah. 2019 takeaway. And you did a lot of good work there. I've done a lot yeah. of work there. I mean, I have cried many times this week, <laughs> which is not a thing that I do a lot. Okay, here's when I cried. Um, I'm in a very vulnerable state. <laughs> I am in a vulnerable state. My house got destroyed by a tornado. <laughs> I had surgery and we are now in quarantine for a pandemic. Yes. And my job situation is, we'll see. Mm-hmm. TBD. So I've been in a vulnerable state, but I have yep. been not being angry and cold about it. No. I have been crying. Yeah. Here are the reasons that I cried this week. Uh, one, from pain, because this recovery kind of hurt <laughs> at some mm-hmm. points. I also cried reading Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, which I read a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, so that was weird. Uh, I also mm. cried when we watched Chris Hadfield, the astronaut's music video oh. of Major Tom. That was beautiful. <sighs> it was Watch beautiful. It. Yeah. I cried. When else did I cry? I cried at some movie. Teed up. It Which got movie me. was that? Yeah. Anyway, I cried a lot. I'm doing good work. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. Yeah. yeah to are. be vulnerable yeah. and open with my emotions. I told you, you all about this. You yeah. all know that I cry yeah. sometimes. But interestingly, a two is exactly where Adam should not be going. <laughs> That's my unhealthy. That place. is his unhealthy direction. So for him, when he gets into more of these super altruistic behaviors that actually is bad behavior for him it yeah. it, it leads him into well codependency yeah. Yeah. yeah like help yeah helping other people to a fault um you know yeah sacrificing my my own self-interest uh to, to help other people and, and fill up this void in my heart like that you know yeah so what i think is really in- an interesting takeaway about this and why again why i love the enneagram is that it's very neutral Mm-hmm. All of these mm-hmm. numbers, like for all I say that, you know, the eights are misunderstood. Yeah, don't life. use this to like, judge yourself. Not, yeah, they're yeah. not tools for judgment. And <laughs> what's good for one person is not good for someone else. Mm-hmm. And we can learn a lot about, like, I mean, 
for me that the number that I'm supposed to be moving away from Mm -hmm. is a five, which is the, I made that joke about cyborgs, but I made that joke because that is me at my worst. It is when I am cold and unemotional, Mm -hmm. which is also where I go when I'm Uh, fucking scared (laughs) is into these realms of like hyper logic. And which was a big turning point for us in our relationship actually was when, when I could recognize that this, this aspect of you, when it comes out, you know, I call it the steel, you know, the steel comes up. Um, and ice you know, queen. yeah, ice queen. And I mean, to me, it felt like a metal shell that would sort of rise up, but like that's you in your stressful state, but it's, it's, you know, it's meant to, to protect this very soft inner state and like, very soft and yeah, squishy. it's very soft and squishy insides. But you know, I, I had to like see that consciously and recognize like, that's not about me. That's about, you know, you feeling scared. Not, not everything is about not everything fours is about fours all the time. Shockingly, some of the time. Shockingly, <laughs> uh, because we think it is. Yeah. So, t- uh, like, takeaway for me is learn about your partner's stressful state. You know, learn about the type that they mm. retreat to. Retreat to, um, because that's usually the hardest time to love our partners is like when they're in stress and when they're you know retreating into their yes. lesser self. Actually, to understand how that operates and what their motivations are uh, is huge. So big and. Another big revelation we had this week while we're here together that we, I think, articulated for the first time was that in movies and in TV shows and in books, you know, when, you, when you've got your romantic couple and they're like learning to love each other and the one person is like, just be open with me. All I want is to know who you are. And then the other person opens up and their vulnerable spot is like something like really hot or sexy or charming mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or adorable like i like, love to make paper cranes and fill uh, my I need paper yeah, cranes. My, or yeah. like or like i was homeless as a teenager and had to protect my baby <laughs> it's like who doesn't love that no, everyone that's loves easy that. to love. that's easy to love no actually what being vulnerable is and what accepting your partner is actually so, actual vulnerability actual vulnerability and actual partner acceptance is mm. realizing that when your partner shows you that part of themselves that they're not showing to other people when they're being vulnerable with you, it's probably going to be a fucking ugly thing that you don't like. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the way to be a strong and good partner, assuming that this isn't something like illegal or completely mm-hmm. unethical, mm-hmm. is to say like, yeah, that sucks, yeah. but I'm going to live with it. Yeah. I'm going to see it, and I'm going to live with it. And I'm going to integrate it into my picture and love of this person. Yes, and to round out the question about do we ever fight, yes, and at one point last week, our fight ended with me saying, this is how I suck. <laughs> I know that I suck, and I'm working on yeah. how I suck, yeah. but there are limits. We mm. are all not perfect. I am definitely not perfect, but there are limits to how far we can push our journey for perfection and this is certain things are always a way in which i am going to suck yes and total side tangent uh, side tangent but that's well that's the side tangent that'll be another episode the side tangent is is tantra uh (laughs) which is this is the heart of tantra this is the whole note the notion of tantra is not about sexiness it's about integrating the dark and the light and and embracing yeah, and the, the whole of life. Yeah, and the dark is not sexy. The dark is not sexy. It's ugly. Is, it's, it's murderous. It's gross it's, it's filthy. Parts. It's disgusting. It's animalistic. Yeah, we all and, have yeah. shit that we hate about ourselves and each other. And the whole point it's is to find someone. God. Yeah, sure. Well, or, you know, the great mystery. Part of life. <laughs> part of life. Part of life. <laughs> See, there's my, there's my eatiness, yep, being an asshole. Yep, yep. Um, no, not being an asshole. There's never an excuse to be an asshole. Also, don't let your partner ever use these personality tests as an example for shitty behavior. Like, I might be not 
great all the time to be around, but I am not shitty. I am no. not mean to Adam. No, you're not. And I will never be if I can help it. Yeah. Because there's no excuse for crappy behavior. So remember That's right. that. That's right. Never let anyone be like, ugh, I'm such an eight. Like, I can't help but be a douchebag. Right. No. no. Fuck that. You can help being a douchebag. I may not always be able to help myself not say what I mean. Don't be a douchebag. Go to two. <laughs> Go to two. Well, but like for me, my <laughs> practice hasn't been muzzling myself. No. My practice has been, how do I communicate this in a way that is more effective for the other person to understand? Because right. I'm going to fucking communicate it because I am who I am. Yeah. But yeah. I, the way I communicate it can change. That's right. And the same for Adam. Is, yeah. is his work is understanding that, you know, he can have emotions. And I love his emotional mm-hmm. self and his feeling self. But I don't have to get lost in them. You don't. Yeah. You don't. I don't have to fall down the, the pit yeah. of despair. Exactly. So <laughs> anyway, so that's just a like a really... Not quick. I mean, this is our longest episode, but of uh, course it is because we all love fucking learning and talking about ourselves. Oh, yeah. My but, favorite topic. So I would say <laughs> Ashlyn and Adam's probe relationship tip number one. Mm-hmm. Know yourself first and yeah. foremost. However you need to do that. Maybe take some quizzes. Maybe read a bunch of books. But either way, knowing yourself is what is going to help you engage in building a strong and meaningful relationship with someone else. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we we talked a, a little bit about, like, ways to use this to help your relationship, but we didn't really talk tactics on staying sane in the quarantine in this round. So yeah. here are just two quick-fire recommendations from each of us. Okay. Okay, so Ashlyn's relationship pro tip for you for today. Assume the best. If you are with someone that you love and trust, do them and yourself a favor and always assume the best possible intention to any of their actions or words. Because worst case scenario, you're wrong and you uncover that they're a douchebag or they it's a growth moment for them. I don't know. But you will always be best served by assuming the best of intentions from your partner. That is my pro tip. I would say... Uh, what is Adam's pro tip? I'm kind of divided into here. I'm going to give, I'm going to give it two. It can't just be cuddles. I'm going to give two. No, so so mine mine kind of dovetails into yours. The first one, which is, and I alluded to it already, is like, don't take it personally. Like, um, most of the things that people say to us are about them and what's going on inside them and not a reflection of us or our value. And, and that, I mean, that, that reinforces the overarching message of this, this first installment on relationships is like, the key to a good relationship is having a great relationship with yourself, being grounded in that self-love and... If you're coming from that place, like, what your partner says, like, doesn't diminish your worth, value, you know, and and if you have that deep sense of self-connection, it's not going to disturb that. So um, don't take shit personally. I think that's that's a big one. And then number two, I forgot number two. <laughs> it's probably cuddles. It's probably cuddles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuddle we'll a lot. We'll talk about love yep. languages in another episode. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's a strong one in this house. Cuddle deeply and often. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Be well and be kind to one another as you are being well. And don't take shit personally. And don't take shit personally. It's not not about you. Not always. (laughs) But sometimes it's about you. A lot of times it's about you. Okay, so we're going to do a quiz. Oh, it's a sex in the city. Yeah, cool. we're going to find out what Sex in the City character we are. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Okay. You already know which one you are. 
don't you? I, I guess, but I don't okay. really know. Do okay. you know who you are? I don't know. I just figured you okay. were taking this Pick test. one of Carrie. I did in middle school. Pick one of Carrie's love interests. I don't know this. I know. Just pick based okay. on their attractiveness. Uh, the options mid- are Mr. Big, Aiden Shaw, Jack Berger, or Alexander Petrovsky. Aiden Shaw. Aiden Shaw. Good choice. You would be an Aiden person, wouldn't Thanks. you? Thanks. What's the city of your dreams? Paris, London, Venice, Dubai, Tokyo, Mumbai, Amsterdam, New York City, or Berlin? Paris. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. Pick one of Miranda's love interests. Steve, Dr. Robert Leeds, Weight Watchers guy, or Skipper Johnston? Uh, Robert Leeds. It's a great leather jacket that man has. Yeah. What's your style like? Classic, boho, preppy, romantic, goth, mod, vintage, all black, everything, whatever. Uh, if I'm being honest, I'm mm-hmm. uh, all black everything. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Pick one of Charlotte's love interests. Trey McDougal, Harry Goldenblatt, Stephen the Chef, and Ned. Trey McDougal. Yeah. I just love Kyle MacLachlan. <laughs> <laughs> Which TV show would you marathon on a night in? The Crown, 13 Reasons Why, Friends, The Walking Dead, Four Weddings, Top Chef, Stranger Things, The Simpsons, or Sex in the City? I'd go Stranger Things. All right. All right. Solid. We need to watch the latest. Yeah, we do. Pick one of Samantha's love interests. Smith, Maria, Richard, Ooh. guy with the funky spunk. Ooh. Uh, Maria. Bring it. What's your sign? Aries. Aries. Okay. Pick someone to get coffee with. Stanford, Enid, Anthony, Lexi, Magda, or Bill Kelly. Okay, I don't know any of these people, but uh, I, I, think l- I love him in Mad Men. Bill Kelly. All you need to know. Yeah. And finally, why are you so damn awesome? Are you funny, pretty, rich, powerful, fit, fun, chill, employed, or alive? I'm, I'm, I'm chill. I'm chill. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit you got samantha oh shit who saw that coming do you know who samantha is i kind of know i mean i i've seen little excerpts of these yeah, you've seen movies. excerpts yeah? yeah yeah you've seen so studies. what's the deal you either you either live your inner samantha out loud or took this quiz to find out that you definitely are a total samantha oh yeah anyway whatever all right let me change right. it real quick we'll cut all of this out again i'll just do mine because i actually don't know let's see um yeah i'll stick with it he was the best City of your dreams, Berlin. Oh, wait. I have to refresh. We can cut all this out. I probably don't want to say New York City, actually. But... Paris. Like... Paris. I love Paris. Oh, Paris is fine. <laughs> Paris is so fine. Paris, just another bullshit town. I don't know. It's one of my just... favorite comics. The quality of cheese and wine that you can get in a just dumpy grocery store. Is yeah, like... same in Germany and in Italy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Venice is sinking, though. I mean, I love Venice, but it's not going to exist. What's my style time. like? Uh, I mean, you're. I mean, I think you're probably boho. Okay. It's, it's which is kind of like, you know, eclectic, right? I don't even know what boho means, but. <clears throat> Smith Jared. Nice. He was surprisingly multidimensional. And your sign. Capricorn. Capricorn. Pick someone to get coffee with. Magda looks like a fucking boss. I don't remember she these does people look cool. at all. Yeah. But she looks cool. Yeah. Um, why am I awesome, would you say? 
Because you're so fucking funny. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm funny. I'm Miranda. You're, you're Miranda. a smart and powerful woman and you don't know who knows it. You have your cake oh, you and eat it care. too. You don't care who knows it. I am the honey badger. You are. Okay. You well, that's us. it. Um, you have it. I'm unsurprisingly a Miranda and Adam, strangely dark horse, is Samantha. Yeah, not that surprising. Okay, we did it. All right, good night. Yes. It's so hot. Okay, so oh, why fuck. is it already this hot? It's so in hot. Here? Oh, because it's Make it stop. 80 degrees outside. Is All it? Right. Yeah. It's not 80 degrees outside.